0: get involved into the scale up as soon as possible because otherwise after phase one it becomes more difficult and if you go phase two and phase three it is particularly impossible to change things
1: hey smart scientists welcome to another episode of the smart biotech scientist podcast i'm excited because today we're going to have leonardo sibilio on He's the CEO of the Biotech Academy in Rome and the CSO at BetterPro Consulting and he's going to tell you why it's such a good moment to be in biotech right now. We're going to talk about how to make the transition from your lab scale process into manufacturing seamless and he's also going to explain you how you can take your expertise of biotech to the next level wherever you are. So stay tuned for an exciting interview and with a lot of value bombs. Are you juggling the complexities of CMC development while trying to enjoy the beauty of biotech? Have you ever wondered if there's a way to simplify bioprocessing? Welcome to the Smart Biotech Scientist podcast, where we're diving headfirst into the very challenges you face. We're breaking it down, demystifying the jargon, and giving you the keys to unlock your full potential. I'm your host, David Broman, and I get it. With 15 plus years in the biotech industry, I face the same challenges you do. There's a way to simplify and streamline so you can remove complexity, you can skip trials and errors, deliver without delay your groundbreaking therapy to clinics at market and still enjoy every single step. Do you want to learn how industry experts and I did it? Grab a cup of coffee and your favorite notebook and pen. Now is the time to take your bioprocessing game to the next level. Let's smarten up biotech. Welcome, Leonardo, to the Smart Biotech Scientist podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today.
0: Thank you, David. It's really a pleasure and a honor for me to be here. Share something that you
1: believe about becoming successful that most people disagree with.
0: It's a lot of work, essentially, and being always focused on what you're doing and then I'll see in your spare time you're always thinking to what you want to do how you can improve yourself how you can improve your skills but that's funny as well
1: you're successful you have done uh, a lot of things in biotech so first of all why did you choose biotech and can you tell us a bit what were the highlights of your biotech career
0: it's a choice that I made a long time ago unfortunately (laughs) more than 20 years ago I had a good chances, I have to say, because I had this passion for science and especially for biotech because 20 to 25 years ago, the biotech was not like today. I mean, there was a lot of new things coming in these few years, but even twenty twenty-five 25 years ago, there was this new wave of monoclonal antibodies, new proteins and, and new therapeutic, And that's what excited me initially when I was a student. I saw the possibility to express my, I don't know, I'm sort of multitasking. So I see in the biotech career, the possibility you have to cover several fields and also something that is not specific on your skills, on your technical skills, but you can always improve and learn new things. And basically in this more than 20 years, I got the possibility to work on monoclonal antibodies, recombinant proteins, viral vectors and have to say i'm an italian guy in italy the biotech is not that that a big field but there are a few good companies and i had the opportunity to know really outstanding people not only from italy but most of all from other parts of the world from us from uk and other countries from spain and so this is another thing that excites me with biotech and with biotech career the possibility that you have to be a really in a global environment and know people from which you can learn a lot. Yeah, it's speaking of
1: learning, I, that's going to be a central theme of our conversation. You recently started the Biotech Academy and more on that later. But first of all, I just want to ask you this question. Obviously, you explained why you chose biotech. Why should today someone who's finishing university or even before choose biotech? Why should a graduate or even somebody in high school choose biotech?
0: Biotech in these last years, I would say probably from the pandemics, from COVID pandemics on, has really boomed and it's continued to grow because there are new technologies that have come on the ground like the mRNA. And now the gene therapy and the cell therapies are becoming more and more popular. And I believe that in a few years, some genetic diseases could be completely cured by gene therapy. And also tumors can be attacked with new technologies like mRNA vaccines or cell therapy. So I believe this is really an exciting moment for the biotech. And I invite all of the graduates in science and applied science to get into the biotech because it's really an exciting moment. And you have the opportunity to learn and to be involved in something that will reshape the future of the medicine, but also in other fields in the biotech.
1: Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of new technologies coming and new modalities, different ways to produce um, some different areas. So where do you see the CMC development, especially the bioprocess development and manufacturing actually go towards in the next five or 10 years? What will be major changes or major trends you're seeing?
0: I believe that the biotech industry and the biopharmaceutical industry in specifically will follow what the classic pharmaceutical industry has gone through in the last decades. And it means more and more automation of the manufacturing processes and a shift to continuous manufacturing. This is a change of mind and it will reshape the industry itself. I believe that with the extensive use of tools like artificial intelligence or like augmented reality, virtual reality, that will change the way we do also this kind of therapeutics and also the way how we train our people and our staff to be introduced to these technologies. So there is a lot to do. There is a lot of application of maths, of statistics, and that's the exciting part, I would say. I believe that the best is yet to come, but now we already are seeing the basis of this change in the industry. Yes, yeah, smart biotech scientists,
1: the best is yet to come. It's definitely an exciting time in biotech. So choose this field and there's a lot going on. Now let's come back to the present, to the current reality. And I know as you're starting up this new university, you've put a lot of thought into what are the challenges, what are the needs of the people of the industry. And let's talk about... What do you think are the key challenges currently for biotech scientists when they're responsible to take a process from R&D into a larger scale for clinical production and then later into the large scale facility? What are those
0: challenges? Can you elaborate a bit on that? This is a problem, I believe, of mindset. This is especially true for a small biotech or for a startup or spin-off from university, you know that especially for the cell therapy and gene therapy, many of these new companies that are arising and on the horizon, they come from academia. So their mindset is not shifted toward industrialization. This is something that I have seen in the last year. So We have to imagine, this is something that I say also when we do training with the Biotech Academy, we have to think, always be focused on the fact that we are producing medicines. This is a real change of mind because you're not only a technician, you're doing something that will be useful for other people. You have to do this in the right manner. And the right manner means that you have to document all what you do and you have to do exactly the experiments and the runs that you have to do not less and no more, because you have some timelines to respect. These are the major challenges that I see when there is a transition between R&D and a regulated environment, which is the pre-GMP and then the GMP. So everything that is connected with the tech transfer is related to all of these passages, all of these steps, and the people have to be correctly trained on the steps they have to do to transform an idea in a real product. It is quite normal that for pharmaceuticals, especially for biopharmaceuticals, the major part of the molecules that uh, start this journey into the clinical experimentation, then they fail. That's natural. But it would be a pity if this failure is not due to the of action of the molecule, but to the lack of capacity to transform the idea into a real product and that's where we wanted to as a biotech academy for example we wanted to insist a lot so given a structured way to work a workflow people and really change their mindset so you can do science it can be exciting as well as you did in at the university but you have to focus on a specific tasks
1: Fantastic. Now I hear some of you listening today, you're saying, well, I work in a small biotech company, a startup, and I just don't have time to think about scale up and process development. We need to get this molecule into clinics. And we are so focused on the clinical aspect or the molecule aspects. Can you tell us how early should we think about process development and scale up? When should we start
0: ideally? Ideally, we should start as soon as possible, because if you stick with a process, which probably you see initially that it works, you can produce some material to go in phase one, and probably you do. But soon after, you realize that it is not uh, sufficient because you're not sufficient yield, because the technology cannot be scaled up in a proper way. And so my suggestion is always to get involved into the scale-up as soon as possible. Because otherwise, after phase one, it becomes more difficult. And if you go phase two and phase three, it's particularly impossible to change things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is good advice. Thank you for stressing it. Start as early as you can. It's time well invested. It's money well invested. It saves you from a lot of headaches later down the road if you start early. Now. Scaling up, and this is for my own experience, scaling up can be a daunting task. It can be a difficult task. You have a lot of surprises. It's a complex project. Let's become very practical now. Leonardo, can you break down to some actionable steps, how we can make the transition from small scale to large scale seamless?
0: I believe what you need is a working plan. You have to do some homework. And initially, you need a plan, a written plan. So what you have in your hands, what's your starting material, where you want to go. There are some steps that you cannot avoid. All of the characterization of the cell line, cell line stability is very important. If you use suspension cells, how well your cells grow in suspension, can you afford a long process with your cells? Are they stable for, I don't know, 60, 70 generation, et cetera? So you need an initial documental and experimental package to be sure that your starting material is fine and it can work in the future. And then you start with your scale-up plan. Ideally, I see that if you have high throughput capacity, this is the right way to start because you can do it with few experiments, you can obtain a lot of results. And you need internal capacity to elaborate this data. So my suggestion is always, if you don't have it internally, to have a good consultant, one or two consultants with experience in this field that can drive you through the journey. And then another important thing is to document, document, document everything. I've seen that sometimes the reports are overlooked, but the reports are very important. They are paramount. You cannot skip reports on everything you do, because when you will file your IND or IMPD, you will have to reference. And if you have not written the work accumulates and if you haven't done the things correctly, it would be more and more difficult than to retrieve the information and to write the story of your process.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And are there any maybe tools people can rely on or like a methodology or strategy they could use to make this process, it, it's a bit more standardized. I'm sure there's must be some resources out there or
0: something. I'm not an expert in lean Six Sigma or something related to this part, but I'm working currently with some project with other consultants that are very expert on this. So, and I'm learning. I'm still learning. That's the other interesting thing. You never stop learning. So there are some good tools. I don't know, CPOC maps, sw- uh, swim lanes, or anything like this. But many times we use Excel spreadsheets. Uh, it's normally the workers in the lab. I think there are good visual tools to be used and that can be useful for this. But the important thing is, regardless the tool that you use, that you have an ordered way and a structured way to archive your documents and your data. For sure, there are good tools on the web, on the market, and and even free of charge. They're useful. I'm not a very big expert in this. I've used a lot of manual things. I come from the old school, so I write a lot. write a lot of reports, a lot of plots and graphs. Something I've been using in the last year is tools like R or Python. They're relatively easy to understand and relatively easy to use, and you can do... Uh, stuff that are a bit more complicated and also give you a better visual that data visualization rather than excel for example so that's what i encourage to use spend a little bit of time in learning r for example i think it's very useful stay tuned for part two of
1: this interview where we're going to look at the training Leonardo is going to explain you how you can get started and how you can do this the best way. And we're going to look at the needs of the industry, what are the training needs, and you're going to get a very practical step-by-step process so you can elevate your knowledge to the next level. So stay tuned for part two dropping on Thursday. Thank you for tuning in. All right, smart scientists. That's all for today on the Smart Biotech Scientist podcast. Thank you for tuning in and joining us on your journey to bioprocess mastery. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. By doing so, we can empower more scientists like you. For additional bioprocessing tips, visit us at smartbiotechscientist.com. Stay tuned for more inspiring biotech insights in our next episode. Until then, let's continue to smarten up biotech.